0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleameccom slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture this morning came from the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. And the reading was the 13th chapter and the 5th through the 11th verses. And it's a familiar text to many. But for some, this may not be a very familiar passage of scripture. So let me read it one more time so that we can all be on the same page. And it reads as thus. Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, and the land could not sustain them while dwelling there together. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling there in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Mm -hmm. Is it not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left then I will go to the right or if to the right, then I will go to the left. (laughs) Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zoar. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus, they separated from each other. We live in a world and a society that drives and functions on our need to accumulate and gather more and more stuff. Everywhere you turn, we want more and more stuff. We are in the stuff gathering business. We can't seem to get enough of anything, and somehow we feel if we can get just a little bit more, we will find the peace and the satisfaction that our hearts desire. I'm reminded of a story which may or may not have happened, but it involves a reporter who asked the millionaire, uh, John D. Rockefeller at the time, how much money is enough? Hmm. He asked Rockefeller, how much money is enough? To which Rockefeller responded, just a little bit more. This drive for just a little bit more is called materialism, which is a tendency to consider material possession, stuff, even more important than spiritual values and spiritual things. So while many of us are accustomed to the reality of not having enough to be a problem, The truth is having too much can also be a problem. And this problem of having too much leads us to making choices in life that while in a moment can seem somehow insignificant, they can have lasting impact on everything that we stand for or even hope to gain. And often those choices set in motion a series of events which shape our lives the lives of our children and our children's children long after we are gone. But sometimes unwise choices, which aren't momentous in and of themselves, can lead to tragedies. For example, a teenager choosing to get into a car with a friend who has been drinking, then it results in some kind of accident and loss of life or even a teenage girl who decides to have a little drink at a party, resulting in her being so inebriated that others take advantage of her, and finally she comes to and realizes that she's either pregnant or has some kind of venereal disease. Small choices that in the moment seem like "Eh, it's not that big of a deal can somehow turn out to be life-changing for us. Every choice, every choice choice, no matter how small they may seem, have some kind of significance, and since seemingly small decisions can have such momentous consequences, the question then becomes, how can we protect ourselves from making poor choices? Well, the truth is, it's not easy, because the things that drive our choices are usually coming based on the things that we believe. Whatever choices you make in your life, it's coming from something and somewhere that you believe, whatever that belief might be. And the truth is, we are more inclined to choose the wrong things and to go in the wrong direction when we fail to realize that our choice ultimately rests in not just what we believe, but also in whom we believe. All that said, today, I want to talk a bit about choices in a message I have titled, The Land You See. The Land You See. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, open now the eyes of our hearts. We want to see you. Show us, Lord, the way to go. But let us not be blinded by our own inhibitions, our own passions, our own fears, and our own anxieties. But let us depend on the spirit which brings the peace, which surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of confusion and storms. Bless now this preaching time. Speak back to us now a word, and we will be ever so careful to thank you and to give you all the honor for it, for we need no other argument and no other evidence. It is enough that you died and rose again for us. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, by way of background, in Genesis, the 12th chapter, we find God calling this man called Abram. And Abram, when God called him, lived in a place called Haran. And when God called Abraham, right, who lived in this place called Haran, Here is what God said to him, Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. The text goes on to tell us that Abram, at the time, was 75 years old when he was called to leave this place called Haran. And when he left, he took his wife Sarai, he took his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated with all the people that they had amassed while in Haran and set out for this land called Canaan. Now, this background is really important because what God promised Abraham had everything to do with Abraham's thinking, not just about what he had accumulated in Haran, but also the possibility of getting even more. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, caught up in the very language of God to Abraham was this message. Here's what God said. Hey, Abram, I want you to go to this place I'm going to show you. But when you go, here's what's going to happen. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So the picture that I'm painting for you here today is that when God called Abram, Abram was already wealthy. Abram was already settled. Abram was already content. Abram was not in need of anything, so technically, God would not be needing to offer Abram anything that Abram did not already have. So the question then becomes, why then would Abram obey? Well, And my answer to that question is that Abram obeyed because he had the possibility of accumulating more. Mm-hmm. But if you listen carefully to what God promised Abram, and I want you all to stay with me, church, If you listen to what God promised Abraham specifically, you will notice something very interesting. God's promise to Abraham was not a wife, for he already had that. It was not great possessions, for Abraham already had that. It was not herders and servants for he already had those. God's promise to Abram went to the core of what Abram really wanted that he did not have, especially at 75 years old. And that was a land of his own and a name for himself. Listen with me one more time as I repeat the call of Abram. I know y'all didn't see it before, but listen carefully what God said to Abram. Abram! Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. Did you hear that? And to a land I will show you, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, I will make your name... Great. Y'all see it, right? And you will be a blessing. The fact I want to establish here is that at 75 years old and having achieved all the things that you can in life and to seemingly reach a place of comfort and self-actualization can sometimes be a place of emptiness where you are longing not just for more stuff but for significance. Mm. Significance is a term that is used to describe the quality of being worthy of attention and having a sense of importance. This idea of significance drives at the very core of a person's identity and speaks to one's purpose as a means of fulfilling core goals, core aims, and direction in life. In short, significance is about a sense of, of life's inherent value and having a life worth living. I want significance. I want people to know that I'm an important person. I don't care all the stuff I have. I want you to know how great I am. It's simply this. is that I'm a billionaire, even if you don't think I am, but I know more than the generals. I know more than everybody. I can make America great again. Come on, preacher. Everyone is searching in their own way for not the stuff they have, but for significance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all are hearing me, right? Yeah. So when God called Abram, It was not so much because Abram was such a worthy vessel that was useful to God. It was that Abraham had a longing that he himself might not necessarily have found a way or an easy way to communicate. Sometimes the things that we are longing for in our very souls, we can't even talk it, speak about it. We don't have the words to express it, but we know when we are discontent. We may have a stable family, stable home, stable job, but somewhere in our lives, something still feels missing. Something is not right. And and what I mean by this is sometimes we can see people who appear to have so much going on for them in life, yet at the same time, their countenance is fallen. Their posture and their body language is communicating something else. They're actually communicating to us a form of sadness. Sadness. This is Abram. And God saw him. Despite the stuff, God saw him. So God says, Abram, Abram, get up. I have something for you. Leave everything you know, including the comfort and safety of your father's household. And let me give you the desires of your heart. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to give you your own land, one that flows with milk and honey, where you will be your own household, and you're going to get a name for yourself. I'm going to give you your own land, and oh, Abram, 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 you're going to have significance. But let's be very clear here, brothers and sisters. Abram had the potential to accumulate even more than what he had before. But not only did he have the potential to gain a lot, but he was also facing the possibility of losing a lot. This is the very crux of the deal for Abram and why in his obedience, among other episodes in his life, he is considered the father of faith. Very often, the things that hinder our walk of faith in God and moving in the direction that God wants us to go has very little to do with whether or not we doubt God's ability to bless us. But instead, our walk is hindered by our trying not to lose what we already have. Yet, we choose to go God's way anyway. That's faith. You can have so much stuff. That God is calling you to do something, and the thing is not that you doubt it's God, it's not that you don't believe in God, it's not that you don't believe God can bless you, it's that what God is asking you to do runs the risk of you losing everything you already have. Come on. Wow. And the question then becomes, the problem is not that you got a lot, the problem is that you got so much that you can't afford to lose a lot. <laughs> this brings us to our focus text where we see this idea of having a lot to lose. Verse 5 says, Now Lot, who went with Abram, Lot was Abram's nephew. He went with Abram. He also had flocks and herds and tents. So he was just as rich as Abram. And the land could not sustain them while they were dwelling together for their possessions, the text tells us, were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Uh Abram's crew and Lot's crew were now starting to fight because they couldn't manage all of the stuff they had. As I stated earlier, not having enough of anything can be a problem. However, having too much of something can also be a problem which is exactly what we find happening now in this relationship between Abram and Lot. God had indeed kept his promise and gave Abram a land that became his, and he blessed him, and as he blessed him, he blessed his family in the land. And as Abram prospered, so too did Lot prosper, because who you connected to can really make a difference in whether or not you prosper. Yes, sir. So Lot was connected to Abram, and because God was blessing Abram, Lot received the blessing as well. Watch who you hang out with. I'm just saying. So, but but, but inevitably, as things go in human affairs, there will always come a point in our lives where accumulating more does not produce the contentment that we want. Another way of saying this is enough is enough. And the challenge is found in recognizing when too much of a good thing has become a bad thing. So when enough became too much, strife emerged between the camps, Abr- Abram's camp and Lot's camp. And this strife between the two camps was not only about the prosperity of Abram and Lot, but also about the presence of other people, the Bible tells us, was also on the same land. We know that the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also there. So what you got is a group of multiple people in a small space fighting over the resources of the land. Competition emerges. This is what we're facing today even in our very nation. For some reason, this land of the free and this home of the brave appears to some to be limited in its resources. That's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. So much so that people crossing the border illegally, yet in search of a better way of life, are being seen as interlopers and parasites coming to take our jobs and our health care, all the while leeching off of the goodness of this land of the free and home of the brave. This lie, quite sadly, is what so many Americans, whose hypocrisy knows no bounds, This, believe me, even though they know their ancestors came looking for the same opportunities as well. But now all of a sudden, the land can't afford any more of you people. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. But also for those who are here legally, those same liars, and I call them liars, they castigate as lazy, shiftless, people who do nothing more than live off welfare and commit crimes. (laughs) Once again, those who make those claims have no evidence to back that up, yet they continue to perpetuate the lies they believe because they think this land is their own, according to how they see it. In a similar way, the strife that emerged between Abram's herdsmen and Lot's herdsman is no different than the strife we see between Jew and Gentile, Republicans and Democrats, gay and straight, rich and poor, black and white, conservative and liberal, wokeism and maggot. <laughs> and to be quite plain about it, the strife we see between the church and the world. Yeah. And because of this competitive tension, choices need to be made. Are you all with me? But the problem emerges because even as this choice has to be made, human beings have a tendency to see themselves as fair and honest. Oh, yes. (laughs) Case in point, if I were to take a poll right now in this church, everyone here today, you probably consider yourself fair and honest. If I ask you, how many of you, don't raise your hands, how many of you consider yourselves fair and honest, you're probably going to say to yourself, I'm pretty fair and honest. You'll probably say that. Yes, we are. But the truth is, as fair And as honest as you think you are, the choice is directly related to whether or not you have a lot to lose. For what is yet before every single one of you today is such a decision. In your minds, you have a desire to do more, to get more, to be more, and to see more. Let's be honest. Despite all that you have accomplished so far in your life today, you have dreams and aspirations that are yet unfulfilled. Yes, like Abram, you have some sense of contentment, but something is still missing. And not only do you know it, but God knows it as well. And so as God calls you to bigger and better things in your life, he also sees the frustrations you bear for where you currently are. He sees that you have come to the point of diminishing returns. God sees that you've come to the point where you're at the end of your rope. That you are stuck in what appears to be a dead end. God sees that you are struggling to hold it all together, not because you're not trying, but because you are all tried out. And yes, God sees that your competition seems to be winning. So God says to you and to me, separate yourselves from those around you that do more to take away from you than anything else and choose where you want to go. And as you prepare to make that choice, God is saying, trust me. Trust me, trust me. When God is saying, separate yourself from the things that are destroying you and you're worried about what it is that you have to lose, God is saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. But you hear the voice and you're saying to yourself, but God, I got all this. Trust me, trust me, trust me. The still small voice is still saying this, make a choice. But trust me, trust me, trust me. Can you hear God in your spirit? You know what decision you have to make about your own life. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Yes. The voice is there, but you just can't trust him yet. Well. Because you have a lot to lose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is the critical juncture that we find. All of what I just talked about brings us now to the place I want to get to in the text. So here is verse 8. Are you still with me? Yes, here is verse 8. It says, so Abram When God is saying, trust me, trust me, trust me, Abram said to Lot, Lot, please, let there be no more strife between you and me, nor between my crew and your crew, for we are brothers. Is not the whole entire land before you? All of the possibilities and all of the prosperity that I can even muster, isn't it all before you? Please, Lot, separate from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Abram had come to the place where he knew that they could no longer live together and still prosper. And so he opted to separate. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Now as the elder he was and the one who had the authority, Abram could have simply said, Okay, Lot, you go there and I'm going to go there. Abram could have made that decision himself. But Abram said, you know what? I'm going to give you the choice. Because in the back of my mind, I'm still hearing, trust me, trust me, trust me. So Abram said, with all confidence, you pick where you want to go. You choose. Because if I make you choose, then I have dealt with the strife. Because here's what we know about people. When you tell people where they should go and they are satisfied for the moment, they're gonna find a reason to complain and say, you gave them this land because you knew what was gonna to happen to me. So, so Abram said, you choose. You wanna go that way, I'll go that way. You go that way, I'll go that way. You choose Lot. Huh. But, but the thing I love about the choice, and this is the part I want you all to get, Abraham was so confident in God saying, Trust me, trust me, trust me, that what Abram actually did was give Lot, hear me, church. <laughs> Abraham offered to Lot the opportunity to let Abram die. Abram offered to Lot the opportunity to let Abram die. Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, it's in the text. So Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my crew and your crew, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I will go to the right. If to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the valley of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before God had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because water was everywhere. The text tells us that water was everywhere just as it was in the Garden of Eden. That's what it says, all the way to Egypt, all the way to Zoar. So Lot now looks at this, and Lot chose himself the Valley of the Jordan. But it didn't just say he chose the Valley of the Jordan. It said in the text he chose all of it. All of it. The text said, Lot lifted up his eyes and looked at the whole land, not some of the land, but the whole land. And when he saw the valley of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, he chose that for himself and he went there. Lot was making his choice based on the land he sees. Lot wanted to accumulate just a little bit more. So if Lot chose the land to the right because he saw that it was well watered. Then he left the land to the left for Abram that was barren. (laughs) He chose the better part and left for Abram the land that was barren. And with both of them having great possessions, it would not have been long before Abram with all of his flocks and all of his herdsmen, would perish. Because here is the spiritual significance of this decision. Both men chose the land they saw. Let's get there. Lot chose the physical land he saw. Abram chose the spiritual land he saw. And and we know this to be true because unless you know that no matter what land you choose, God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think, according to his power that works in and around and above and through us. Then it doesn't matter if you go to the right side or to the left side, if you go to the upside or to the downside, if you go to the inside or you go to the outside. It makes no difference because we know and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are. Are called according to the purpose. You see, brothers and sisters, what I want you to get excited about is when you hear, trust me, trust me, trust me. It don't matter what choice you make because anytime you go God's way, it's always the right way. Anytime you move in God's spirit, you're going to be blessed abundantly. Every time you make a choice that goes with along with what God says, yeah. then you will prosper. Yeah. You can't help but prosper. So you need to learn to go God's way. And that is the land. Abraham saw. <laughs> uh, you see. And this is a play on words. Abraham. Had a lot. To lose. You got it. Abraham. Had a lot. To lose. I love it that your spirits caught it. But here's the part I love. He lost him to gain God. So, so today, as many of you who may have some sense of contentment in your life, but still feel as though something is still missing, you're in the right place to make the right choice for the better. For as God calls you to bigger and to better things, even in the midst of your struggles and strivings with an incorrigible co-worker or individual, with a hypocritical society, give them what they want. Yes, sir. Give them what they want. Whatever you want, take it. Because I have a lot to lose yeah. and a God to gain. Yeah. That's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and my sisters today. <laughs> so, When you choose God's way, three things I want to leave you with. One, when you choose to go God's way, you're choosing relationship over rights. You're choosing relationships over rights. Abram had the right to choose whatever land he wanted and let Lot take the leftovers. He was the older, the chief of the clan. But God had promised the land to Abram, not to Lot. But Abram graciously yielded his rights and trusted God to give him his portion. What mattered to Abram was we are brothers, showing that he valued his relationship with Lot over his own right to choose the best land. So too must you choose relationships over your own rights, which is to choose the land you see. Secondly... When you choose God's way, you got to choose godliness over greed. Because Lot was not a man of the same caliber as Abram, he chose selfishly, taking the whole plain of the Jordan, which was well watered. Furthermore, Lot chose the plain because of its potential to multiply his wealth without regard to the morality of the people he would be living among. And for what we know about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we know it was destroyed. Lot's decision proved to be disastrous in the long run. Read the story. So too must you choose godliness over greed. And that is to choose the land you see. And finally, when you're choosing God, you're choosing faith over fear. By faith, Abram had already renounced everything visible and opted for the unseen promises of God. So Abram had no need, as Lot did, to choose by sight. Lot chose by sight and ended up spiritually and financially bankrupt. So too must you, my brothers and sisters, choose faith over fear, which is what it means to choose the land you see. This message has been about arriving at a place that you thought would satisfy your soul and bring your heart's contentment. But you seem to have come up empty. I understand. I understand what it is to want things and think when you got it, you'd have this feeling of euphoria. But it's not quite there. I understand, believe me. However, the contentment in your life is far more complicated than how you may be feeling in any one moment. But at the same time, your discontentment is not to be ignored. Strife and frustrations in our lives are God's signals that it is time to move and to get away from the things that have been too good for too long and are now no longer good. It's time to move and to get away from the toxicity of where you have been too long you have gone around this mountain long enough. It's time to move to a new land, a land you see. It's time to be free. And even though the land you see may not look like what you thought or hoped it would be, know this, that with God's spirit and with hard work, any desert, can be turned into a beautiful garden of hope. Because if you have God and his promises, you have everything. Yes, sir. So seek him first and all else will follow. Lot wasn't just deciding for himself. He was deciding for his family and for his many servants. And all of their families would be affected by his decision And the increased responsibility for choices that come because of strife led either to choosing wickedness, as in the case of Lot, or the increased blessing, as in the case of Abram. So in closing, the essential message here to all of us is that a little with the Lord's blessing is better than the plenty without it. A little with the Lord's blessing is better than the plenty that he has not blessed. So as you stand on top of your mountains today, (laughs) what is the land you see? For the choice is yours. May the Lord richly, richly bless you. My beloved.